Welcome to episode number 23 on the My Story Podcast. On the My Story Podcast, we feature interviews with leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs who tell their story and the life lessons they've learned along the way. Hi, I'm Conrad Weaver, your host for the show. I hope you're having a fantastic week and that you're on the way to becoming who you're designed to be. Today on the My Story Podcast, we're going to listen to my interview with Shinjini Das. Shinjini is known as the Go-Getter Girl. She is the CEO and founder at Das Media Group, an empowering media production company. She's a TV personality, a motivational speaker, and a digital entrepreneurship expert with the U.S. Department of State. In our conversation, we talk about what motivates someone towards success and how our life experiences can shape our motivation and move us forward towards success. Shinjini also talks about the power of attraction versus chasing attention. We'll hear her story in just a minute. Hey, if you enjoy the My Story podcast, I want to encourage you to share this episode and some of the others with a friend. And if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be amazing. I would really appreciate it. And now here's my interview with Shinjini Das. Well, welcome Shinjini to the My Story podcast. So it's good to have you on today. We're going to just talk about your story and a little bit more about, you know, to learn a little bit more about you and about who you are. So uh, tell me a little bit, uh, tell me who you are and what do you do? Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. First of all, I am so excited and honored to be here with you. So that is number one. <laughs> and uh, I know we've been uh, looking to do this for a while. So I really appreciate it, Conrad. So yeah, <laughs> you said, what do I do? It's a, it's a long story, but the gist, the overall message, the mission is that I have a media company that I started at 24 that is focused on creating media content with meaning to motivate go-getters to go get their goals. What is a go-getter? Yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> it is an English language word. I will start with that. It is not something that I made up. Yeah, it is an English language word. However, you know, the definition that I use, because a large portion of my audience and go-getters are also international. So English is not their first language. So what I say, Conrad, is a go-getter is someone who has a goal and goes and gets that goal, which I think is really imperative because it signifies action. It signifies motivation. It signifies desire to make it happen, you know, versus waiting for it to happen. Mm. So you started your company when you were 24 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So what motivated you to at 24 saying, you know what, I can do this. I can be a CEO. I can start a company. I can be successful. What, what was your motivation behind that? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think uh, it wasn't entirely all my decision. I will say that. I think life sort of... Uh, turned out that way basically i mean i'll be completely honest with you conrad my jobs weren't really working out and i think that takes strength to say 
I think that takes uh, fortitude to say, right? Sure. <laughs> but I mean, that's the truth because I'm an engineer from Georgia Tech, you know, graduated on a full ride merit scholarship, really, really academically inclined, really intelligent, really smart. I mean, everybody and their mom, you know, said that I was destined for, you know, CEO track and a company and, you know, like on the, on the up, right? On the up. But I had these first two jobs right. and I know that, you know, it's a learning curve and, it's not all perfect and your first job is maybe not that great. And I knew all of that, but having said that, I just at a, at a deep feeling, you know, long-term, I just couldn't see myself being happy in that environment, you know? So even though I knew that yeah, it's a little bit hiccupy and that's normal and first job, second job, it's tough, right? For everyone. And for us, I mean, the stakes were high, very, very high salary for both jobs, a lot of pressure, you know, it was technology consulting and digital marketing consulting, but not traditional digital marketing. It was a kind of you know, VR marketing, virtual reality marketing. So it was just a lot, you know, it was just a lot. But even at a deep level, I said, I said, okay, there are challenges. I can overcome them. I can learn. I can be great. But even at a fundamental level, you know, I just couldn't see myself being happy in that environment, whether it was a combination of there were just too many people above me. That's all men, right? All men you know, uh, above me. And uh, I just didn't feel like I had a voice, you know, and everything that I am good at, I felt like really none of it was being used. So here I was sort of struggling to make it work, right? Whether that's your, you know, PowerPoint skills or your Excel skills or your, you know, visual basic skills and your modeling skills. And frankly, I mean, although I hopefully will be able to do all of that soon, you know, none of those are my strengths. You know, I'm the best modeler, you know, data modeler in the world. So that was also my problem, right? That I cannot be growing in a career that doesn't highlight who I am as a person, you know? So I think that for me was the, was the breakoff point for both of them, you know? And it just reached a point where I said, I, I can't do this. You know, I can't do this long-term and I'm such an all in, you know, all or nothing person. So I thought that, you know, it's been a year, it's been a year and a half, it's been six months. I, I don't think it's going to get better. You know, I don't. And I think that was a profound lesson for me because, you know, up until then, you know, I made the engineering work, right? I graduated. I got the degree. I was an engineer. I was all these things that perhaps are not my greatest strength by themselves. You know, I made it work and I, and I made it work really well, Conrad. I mean, it's not just I skated by, you know. Uh, having said that, I think this was a huge lesson for me that I cannot continue in this path you know so i think it was a combination of life and of course me i mean i've always had a fascination with uh, yeah doing my own thing and wow freedom and you know charting your own course and that's exciting but i'll be honest with you i did not really want it to happen at 24 i mean i, I think that was mm -hmm. not a part of the plan i'll be honest with you but mm -hmm. it just those two jobs didn't work out and i right. was left at a place where you know, I, I'm not really looking to, you know, apply to more jobs because I, I feel like it's just going to be more of the same, right? More of the same walls, more of the same blocks, more of the same people who just don't really see beyond their two things. So it, my thing was like, yeah, I could get another job. But I mean, do you think that that would be different? <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to I want to continue that, but I want to yeah. go back first. Yeah. This, this this I'm going to ask you okay, where were you born? You know, what you where did you grow up? Yeah. And what was that like? Yeah, so I was born in India, 
uh, in Calcutta, India, and I'm Bengali. It's actually one of the biggest languages in India. And uh, yeah, India has 22 national languages. It's a lot. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I was born in India. Very, very proud uh, of that. And I moved to Malaysia, which is in Southeast Asia, at age mm-hmm. Five. So my family and I moved to Malaysia at age five, and uh, that was also a profound moment for me because I think I was also at the stage where you know I wanted to be in that environment. Of, you know, that's you're this expatriate, you're this uh, you're this sort of outsider. But because of that, you know, my dad got a job transfer to Malaysia, so you know everything was paid for. You know, my school was the best school, best British school, British international school in Malaysia. And even today, it is one of the best British international schools in Malaysia. So I had a great time for four years, five to nine, age five to nine. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then at nine, we moved to the United States, which was a big change, I think, also because most of my friends, Conrad, they were actually all born here. Or if they weren't born here, they came at two, right? They came at one, they came at three. So nine and a half, I mean, you're, you're a, you know, sort of grown person, kind sure. of, you know? Sure. So I think that was really hard. I mean, just from the people had no idea where these countries even were. I mean, there was, you know, the, the systems were different, American system, British system. So it was, it was fascinating. It was fascinating. It was difficult. And, you know, I think that uh, that really shaped me. So, yes, uh, three different uh, areas uh, of the world. <laughs> I, I always find it interesting for people that I talk to and interview, and even for myself, to, to look at the background and see how that does shape us. And it really does. Yeah. It shapes our worldview, sometimes for the bad. I mean, I mean, not always for the good, right? Yes. Yes. So how has your, how has your background mm-hmm. in growing up uh, in a way, uh, in India and in Malaysia, how does how has that shaped your worldview? Yeah, you know, I think for me, I've been very comfortable with diversity from a very young age, right? And I think that that's why, you know, because in Malaysia, my peers, just because of the nature of the school, it's an international school. I literally had friends from all over the world, and I talk about this a lot in my keynotes now. You know, I speak with the U.S. Department of State. I travel internationally. You know, all these keynotes, I do say that, that my friends were Thai, my friends were Taiwanese, my friends were Indian, my friends were literally just from all over the world, mostly Asia, I would say, especially in uh, the British International School, also English, for obvious reasons, British and uh, Asian. But, uh, you know, I think for me, that was normal. And I think when I came here, I realized that a lot of people hadn't even left the state, right? Hadn't even left the country. And so I think that is a big part of who I am. My food taste, I talk about this a lot as well. You know, it's it's very, the foundation is Asian. You know, the foundation is Chinese, Mm. Thai, Indian. Because that, I mean, you know, when you're such a formative age, that is what you form, you know, Indian, Malaysian, Asian. So the foundation is Asia, you know. So today, I think I really am able to connect with uh, every single person around the world for that reason, because we were taught to. And I, and I really credit the international school with doing that because we didn't have a choice to not get along, right, with the sure. Taiwanese girl, right, to not get along with the Thai girl. So I think that that was a huge lesson for me, you know. So I sort mm. of uh, had to do that very early on. 
And, uh, and I became good at it. I will not say that I was always great at it. I think that we all struggle and we all think that someone else is different. But I think practice and consistent practice, you know, really made me pretty great at <laughs> connecting with, you know, a lot of different people. So I think that's a strength. So in all of your accomplishments, and I mean, you're still very young, yeah. um, you know, and, and so much has been talked about, you know, your generation and you've been labeled as lazy or not motivated. Yeah. You know, first, is that a fair label? And second, you know, what's, I, I guess, going back to what I said before, you know, what is your motivation? How are you different than the average 26 year old in America? Yeah, Conrad, I think that uh, I will say that is a true statement for some. You know, I, I will say that. I will say that. Mm-hmm. And I see that every day because my media company's mission is to tackle the gap between the desire and the action, right? So we do specialize in, you know, motivating you to go get your goals. And, and our market size is huge for that reason, right? Because a lot of people are struggling. So, yes, I will say that that is true of some. I will not say that that is true of all because because that is not true, right? However, I think the core issue is that, you know, people are not finding their purpose, which is why they don't feel like they need to be motivated, right? So a lot of my friends, I mean, and even, you know, Caucasian, you know, I went to Georgia Tech, very, very, at the time, heavily dominant Caucasian school, right? Very traditional in the South. So, I mean, you have these, you know, Caucasian individuals, father is a lawyer, mother is a doctor. I mean, they're at the point where they're saying, well, I grew up pretty well. Like what, what do I have to do? I mean, you know what? (laughs) That's a correct question. The guy's an engineer, girl's an engineer, mom is a doctor, dad is a lawyer. I mean, if you think about it, I totally understand where they're coming from, right? Having said that part of what I do and, and I, you know, my mission and our mission at DAS Media Group is to say, but you are a go-getter, right? And you have this individual purpose and you have to figure it out. And so I think somewhere the introspection is missing, somewhere the analysis is missing, because this stuff takes time. You know, not all of us are born, you know, knowing what we want to do and it's so easy and we figured it out. And so I think that that's what's missing in the demographic that's not motivated. In terms of how am I different, I'm extremely driven. You know, I was thinking about this the other day because now it's the whole decade, right? What were you doing 10 years ago? (laughs) I think, you know, that's like everywhere, right? So 10 years ago, you know, I was interviewing with Vanderbilt uh, University and I got a full tuition scholarship there. I got a full uh, ride to Georgia Tech. I mean, I've always been very, very driven, you know, and that's something that I'm really proud of. My birthday is actually in two days. So I've been reflecting a lot on the last 10 years and on the last year. And I think that's something that I'm really proud of. I mean, of course, I've had numerous challenges because when you try to go and get so many goals and you're always going, I mean, you know, your your sample size is larger, so you fail more, you know. But I'm just really proud of that. I'm, I'm yeah. a very, very mentally strong person. And so uh, some of the things... And some of the things that I've read that you've said, you you once said that uh, we should all be go-getters at work and in life with purpose-driven strategies. What are purpose-driven strategies? Yeah, you know, I think 
it's self-awareness. I think it's self-awareness. You know, I'll give you a great example. So, I mean, now we're basically trying to forge brand partnerships with community organizations, businesses, nonprofits that align and that want to reach go-getters and that love our mission and that, you know, want to do good in the community. So we've partnered with a nonprofit in uh, the community that I'm in. And so we're trying to essentially get local business sponsors, right, for the video, for the events, for this, for the that. Literally, there are some businesses that I've spoken to that, you know, very interested, let's get on a call, and then just MIA, right? Not answering the email, not answering the phone. And so I think somewhere I, Conrad, have to say that you get five days, right? And if you're not going to respond to me in five days, I'm out, right? I'm moving on, right? And so I think somewhere that is purpose-driven because what a lot of people I know would do is they would chase and chase and chase and keep chasing and keep chasing and, keep, and then get consistently disappointed and then get bitter and angry and then spiral into all sorts of problems, right? So I think somewhat that's a great example, right? And because I know my purpose, which is essentially to make a sale, right? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to talk to them. I'm trying to get a sponsorship, trying to get checks, right? So I don't have time for right. this. You know, I don't have time for, oh, you know, two weeks, MIA. So I think at some point I have to say that, you know, five days is all you get. And after that, I'm out. And I think somewhere that should inform my qualification strategy, you know, uh, that I use from next time, you know, someone like you, you've been very persistent. You've been very consistent in your follow-ups in your emails and your this. So I knew that you were going to show up today. Right. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was going to show up today. (laughs) Right. So I think, no, but I think that's a great example because so many people, you know, just because they're chasing, they'll keep chasing, right? And and somewhere right. that was me, you know? But I think the me that I am today, you know, as I'm inching inching towards 28 in 48 <laughs> hours, <laughs> you know, I, I think that that is something that I'm going to take with me into the new year is mm. that we cannot just blindly chase. We have to have a goal and a purpose and standards. That's great. What influences <laughs> your daily decisions? Oh, that's deep. That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> I think I think I think my moral compass and my personal goals. I mean, every day I am waking up with a mission, you know, I am waking up with a vision. You know, I have a freelance team that's remote, that's online. So, you know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. helping them to refine the designs and to refine the look of the brand, to refine the messaging, you know, all that kind of uh, stuff. So, yes, I do have I, I do have a North Star every day, Conrad, and that is something I'm proud of because I think when I first started this journey, you know, it's so abstract. I mean, you know this better than anyone, right? Entrepreneurship is so abstract that if right. you don't, it, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's scary. It's scary. But if you don't wake up with uh, a North Star, I think that you're going to be consistently disappointed, right? Because you can always get more followers. You can always get more money, Right. But right, somewhere right. every day there has to be a goal, right? That you're trying to sure. hit. So there has to be a reason to. It has to be a reason to get up out of bed and to make things happen. Correct, correct, correct. Right. So I think I I wake up with a finite goal now, which I am excited about because I think before you know just saying oh make more money, you know have a twenty percent growth rate. What does that mean? You know quantifiably. So I think right. that's something that I'm doing now, which is whatever. Maybe, maybe it is 1,000 followers, but then it's 1,000. It's not unlimited. It's, you know, because I think right. that's when it gets dangerous. 
uh, because yeah. then you're never enough, quote unquote. Sure, sure. <laughs> and you're always chasing more. <laughs> right, right. That's a, that, and that's just a rat race, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> so what yes. what challenges do you face, and how do you overcome them? Yeah. So, Connor, I think having a media company that's profitable is actually very rare and it's unique. And the BuzzFeeds and Vice Medias and, you know, Refinery 29s of the world, I mean, some of them have yet to get there, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm very aware that this is a difficult industry to make money in, to have clout in. And I see this every day. I mean, building a consumer product business is really hard. It is really hard because attention as a commodity actually cannot be commoditized. That's why, right? Because no, it's, it's a moving target, right? It's a moving sure. target. So I think that that is something that's really hard. And I tell myself that every day so I, I don't get you know disappointed or discouraged. But I think the biggest thing for us right now is harnessing a very, very tight, tight audience, right? When, mm. Whether that means loyalty, whether that means we will buy your book. I have my first book out, you know, unapologetically, Shinjini, you know, getting you to be a go-getter, sharing my story, how becoming a go-getter changed my life, whether that's, you know, signing up for a consultation, basically whatever I tell you to do. <laughs> you know, uh, so, but I think that's hard. I think that's hard to get to the point where they are doing whatever you say, right? So I think that that is my first goal right now is to build this very, very, very tight audience that you know is monetizable that is is generating not even significant revenue but consistently significant mm -hmm. revenue i think that is my number one goal right now and then of course you know we are working on my media platform you know i want my own space to help nurture you know motivate go-getters but again i am looking for that complete loyalty you know, so I think that is the most difficult part. And I see very, very big individuals struggling every day with that, you know, with consumer loyalty. Sure. I mean, you see this in the Netflix subscriber rate, you know, this is falling, that is falling. New York Times is, you know, the subscriber rate is falling. So really big media businesses are struggling with this, you know, so I don't feel alone. I don't feel uh, unique <laughs> in that capacity. But that is something that we're working on because when we are, I mean, we're not tiny right now. We're, I would say we're getting to be sort of the intermediate level, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of the size and everything. We're reaching 7 million plus go-getters a month. And it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's definitely sure. growing. Sure. But I do want to see that tightness, which I think is uh, a little bit missing right now. You know, so I'm looking mm -hmm. at my revenue. We grew 20% last year versus 2018 gross revenue but at the same time you know i would want that consistent 5k a month book sales i want that consistent 10,000 a month book sales and then that is that is a reliable revenue stream versus oh this sure. was a good month <laughs> you know right. you know right. what I mean? so i think that for me is the biggest goal right now and of course we are looking at you know b2b we are looking at again you know sponsorships and all of that is is also there mm -hmm. but again creating a sustainable and 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 repeatable model i think that for mm -hmm. me is the goal because without that it's uh, it's uh, it's luck right mm -hmm. and i'm not trying to so, build a business on luck so. so can you describe something that you failed at that mm -hmm. maybe was a motivation in a new way 
Yeah, totally. I think honestly, the uh, the getting the people to follow me. I think in the beginning it was really hard. I think in the beginning I saw people drop off. I saw you know just the loyalty wasn't there. It just wasn't. You know, it just wasn't. It was confusing. I think a lot of people didn't know what I was doing. You know, they said, "What are you doing? Why well, don't get it?" And, you know, so I think that was a big wake up call that if I am looking to build a media company. A media company's asset is its audience, right? Mm, we're, I mean, that's sure. the product, you know. Uh, we're monetizing the people's attention. So I think for me, that's when I started getting serious about okay, I gotta really build this really sticky strategy to attract my target audience. And I think that was also a lesson, Conrad, that I am not trying to reach everyone, you know. And I think mm. that's a mistake that a lot of brands make. Is that everyone needs Netflix? Actually, no, they don't. Mm -hmm. You know, right. everyone needs the New York Times. Actually, no, they don't. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so I think that for me was a big wake up call because when I analyzed it, a go getter who I'm trying to reach is actually a very specific person, right? Mm -hmm. It's a person who has a goal, wants to go get it, but is struggling to get motivated. And oh, by the way, who has already tried to achieve this goal. Right, because I'm getting a lot of people who just very, very lost, very stuck. But between you and me, who want to do absolutely nothing to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I, and I dealt with those people in the beginning, and then I realized, and I was trying so hard, right? I was messaging them, DMing them, and then I realized that this is not my person, you know. <laughs> this is, I mean, because they just have no desire to do anything, right? So I think for me, the failure was targeting the wrong people. The failure was again chasing right this ideal audience because I, I wanted the numbers right I wanted the numbers right. I wanted the followers I wanted the this I wanted the that and then I realized uh, you know none of these people are my audience you know and I mean if you have a if you have a, <laughs> yes. if you have a million followers and yeah. and only one percent of them are actually engaging with you what yeah. success is that right correct correct yeah. correct so then so, I switched up my strategy so yeah awesome. Yeah. What or who has been the biggest influence in your life? You know, I think definitely my family, my parents, you know, uh, were immigrants. So definitely this idea of be a strong woman, powerful woman, use your voice. You know, we want you to be big. We want you to be different. I really think that was inculcated in me from a young age, which as I look around at my peers, I realize that that's different from mm. the lessons that they got. And especially for me, I mean, I'm coming from a very, very patriarchal culture. You know, the Indian culture is, is famously patriarchal, famously mm -hmm. subjugating women, you know, famously one of the most dangerous countries for women in the world, right? Mm. So I'm very aware of where I come from, but I'm also aware that, for example, my dad, my grandmother, you know, is, has a master's in American literature. So we have, created a new path for our family. You know, and this was before me. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm a bonus, <laughs> you know? So I think, I think that, you know, my, yeah, dad is a boss, you know, always believes in women and, you know, women should be strong, powerful, earn their own money, which actually is all very revolutionary, you know, for mm -hmm. Indian men of his age to believe, you know? So I think for me, I'm, I'm very lucky and fortunate that I've been surrounded by that energy because I know for me, I mean, a lot of people I meet, they say, well, my parents just want me to get married. <laughs> you know, I'm 25. <laughs> it's time to get married. You know, so I've never had those conversations, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that is credit to where I come from and my parents and my upbringing. Same with my mom, you know, she 
very strong woman, you know, very strong woman, a stay-at-home mom. But she told me, she said, you know, I really want you to have a career. I want you to be strong. I want you to be independent, use your voice. So those elements were always there. And, and I realized in much respect that that is actually unique and that is actually different. You know, so I'm, I'm very proud of that because with the women and the girls, you know, unless that energy is coming from the family, it's very difficult to replicate that energy on your own. And I see right. that around the girls around me who are struggling, right? Who didn't have the family, who didn't have the dad, who didn't have the mom. And now they really don't know where they belong. And they're making bad choices, bad decisions, wrong decisions. And so I have evaded a lot of that because of the structure of my family. And I think I'm very proud of that. However, with the entrepreneurship thing, they were very confused. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> I don't understand this. And I said, okay, now I'll, I'll, I'll help you all figure it out. So I think hopefully they'll you know, uh, see it all when, once it comes together. But mm. I'm very, very grateful for the foundation. Mm. So what are some of those big life lessons that you've learned along the way? Oh, the big life lesson is you can't chase. You have to attract. You have to attract the right people. You have to attract commitment. You have to attract loyalty because, you know, I am in this business now, Conrad. I'm in the business of attracting loyalty, you know, so I demand and expect that in my personal life. I demand and expect that in my professional life. And frankly, I'm also at a point where if I'm not getting that from people, I'm out. You know, so I think that that is a very true statement. And I think everybody should be functioning with that goal in mind. And I also think, you know, for me as, a, as an advice, you know, I do think I should write down what I'm looking for in an ideal client, in an ideal business partner, in an ideal sponsor. Because the last thing I want to do, Conrad, is let's say we've talked, you know, sponsors on board. Also, and then I'm chasing them for money, right? I'm right. chasing them for the check. I'm chasing them for what, and it's like, I don't have time for this, you know? So I think sure. for me, or for everyone listening, the advice also is write down, you know, what your goals are, what your vision is for the sponsor, what your vision is for the boyfriend, what your vision is for the girlfriend. And I think I, I definitely need to do that more because somewhere I feel like I'm still attracting people who I don't think are quality, you know, in, in mm -hmm. some parts of my life. So I think that that is... Mm -hmm something that I need to focus on as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what's the next big thing for you? The next big thing this year, there's a couple, there's a couple. So I think the first thing is we're actually getting my website built, <laughs> which sounds simple, <laughs> which sounds simple, but it's chintanidas.com. And I've already mm -hmm. spent a lot on it to pay uh, the designer. And so she and I are finally getting together to work on it this year. And this is just going to be a platform and hub for my stuff, right? My blogs, my you know interviews, my content. And, and it's interesting because we don't really have that hub right now. So a lot of people have asked me, oh, where's your website? Where's your this? So it's something very simple, but I'm very excited about it. Also because I've paid a lot of money for it and it's not going to be a normal website. It's going to be a lot better than a normal website. So I'm just really excited about that. And as we're moving into the rest of 2020, the next thing I'm actually very excited about is business partnerships because again, mm -hmm. consumer revenue is great. And I'm so, so grateful for that. I mean, Conrad, for people to spend even $1 on me. I mean, that's huge. I don't even, mm -hmm. I haven't even met all of them in person, right? That's beautiful. But I think the business partnerships I'm excited about because that's a whole new level of uh, credibility of just credentiality, which I'm really excited about. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and businesses buying into my mission and our mission. So I'm really, really mm-hmm. thrilled about that. So yes, I think those are the two things because I'm, I'm really working on quality now, not these 15 things that I have going on at once. Sure. Overwhelming. Sure. So, <laughs> so who is it? So who, who, or what kind of company is a good client for you? Yeah. Please, please ask me this. Oh my goodness. I, actually, it's so funny. I, I made a whole criteria list yesterday because as an engineer, that's what you do, right? You create your criteria, sure. you create your matrix, you create your equations. So that's honestly what I did because I, I'm just getting so frustrated, right? By, okay, you're interested, you're, you're excited, and then you're MIA, right? So that's mm-hmm. when I think, okay, am I targeting the wrong people or mm-hmm. you know what's going on? So I actually made a list. And the number one is because we're dealing with community partnerships first, the first idea is, okay, do you even want a local nonprofit business partner? You know, because what we're pitching as an Oscar Media Group is that you guys, this local business, gets a nonprofit partner in this nonprofit that we're partnering with. You know, and they specialize in mentoring and, and partnering adults with uh, children who need, you know, mentoring and this and that. So that's the first question is, do you even want a nonprofit partner in the community, right? Number two is... Do your employees need a, a volunteer organization to be aligned with, right? Because part mm-hmm. of the pitch is that your employees or your team, right, can become mentors in this organization, right? Because a lot of em- employers are always looking to foster partnerships with volunteer-based organizations so that that can be an opportunity for their employees, right? Because their employees need service hours, right, for, you know, as a part of their job or whatever it is. Right. So I think that's the second thing. The third thing, which I which I wrote down is, you know, do you want more attention and sales in the community? Right. Is that even important? Because if you think about it, if a business is already growing too fast, you know, they don't need more clients. Right. They don't need more business. Right. So sponsoring a video, sponsoring an event, sponsoring all these beautiful things in the community is actually useless to them because they'll say, we don't need more business. We cannot handle more business, right? So I think that's the other part is do you even have a need for this? And I think honestly, uh, the, the number one thing that it all boils down to is do you need this? And the answer honestly is if you don't need it enough, you are not going to care about it, right? Which is where you get into the dead phone and oh, my email doesn't work and all this stuff, which you know, I'm just, I don't have time for it. So, and, and that's how I feel about uh, friendships. That's how I feel about relationships. I mean, if you don't need a friend, you're not going to make friends. You know, if you don't need love, you're not going to, you're not going to make time for dates. So why, why do I have to deal with your lack of need when I'm all in? Right. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. So I want to ask you a question I ask just about everybody is, so in 50 years, when the movie about your life is made, what will the log line be? The log, yeah, log line. line is that phrase that describes the movie. Yeah. So, so I'm not, I'm not giving away anything, but maybe I am giving away everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do have plans uh, about that quite soon, actually. Hopefully, in my thirties is the cool. plan, and uh, it's going to be becoming a go-getter changed my life. Oh, nice. Yeah, or her yeah. life, whatever it is. <laughs> My life, her right, life. Right. Because it's the same mission that we have, uh, Conrad, even with movies, even with television, even with original content, which is the division that we want to hit up, yep. you know, and definitely in my 30s. 
which is that, you know, it's content to motivate you to become a go-getter, which I think is very unique and special because most movies, I feel like, don't really relate to your life in any right. way, you know, or it's it makes you feel bad because it makes you feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't have this, mm-hmm. you know, so it creates this lack, right, whatever. You don't have uh, money. You don't have a relationship. You know, like These people are perfect, right? Or, or it's, uh, there's just no impact, right? So I really want to create relatable, motivational, inspiring content that you can say, wow, I saw this and I'm actually going to use it in my life. Cause I think if movies were used for that purpose, that would be really beautiful. Yeah. So very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, that's why I create movies. I create documentaries that, uh, I like, I like telling stories that matter. And that's yes. kind of my, my purpose and my mission in life is to, is to do that. And Hopefully, at the end of my life, I can look back and say, "Yes, I've done that." So, you are doing but, that. You are doing that. That's beautiful. So, Sinjini, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today on the My Story podcast. I really appreciate your time and and looking forward to seeing where you go and what you do in your life. Ah, uh, thank you. You too. I'm honored and thrilled, and thank you so much. I appreciate you, Conrad. You're a go-getter. <laughs> That's what I aim to be. Shinjini, thanks so much for taking time to talk with me here today on the My Story Podcast. And listener, if you want to connect with Shinjini, check out the links in the show notes below and you can connect directly with her. Next week on the My Story Podcast, I'm excited to share my interview with one of my favorite people in the world and one of the most amazing stories you'll hear on the My Story Podcast. Craig DiMartino is a professional rock climber who's also known as the Gandhi of climbing. He's such a nice guy. Craig had a tragic climbing accident back in 2002, but he's come back from that and has turned his life to helping others with disabilities. Craig and I have known each other for about 20 years, and I'm really honored to have him here on the My Story podcast next week. Tune in for his amazing story. Hey, if you enjoy these podcasts and think that more people should listen, I couldn't agree more. So why don't you give me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, then share this episode with a friend. You can send it through a text message or an email or through a Facebook post. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook so you won't miss an episode. The music on today's show is from my friend Drew Davidson. You can get all of his music on iTunes or Spotify or at drewdavidson.com. Last, be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss an episode. And if you have an idea for an interview you'd like to hear, send me a message and I'll see what I can do. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you again next week on the My Story Podcast. Mm